This is a special sports presentation on ESPN 1530. FC Cincinnati Soccer. This is the Toyota Dealers FC Cincinnati Fan Show, presented by Mad Trick. And tonight they are dancing in the Bailey. Brought to you by Skyline Chili, Mike's Car Wash, Trish's Mad Tree, and your local Toyota dealers. Toyota, let's go places. FC Cincinnati on ESPN 1530. From the Mad Tree Tap Room, for the first time, this is the Toyota Dealers FC Cincinnati Fan Show, presented by Mad Tree. I am Tom Glitter, alongside head coach. Alan Koch, and we will be at Mad Tree Brewery throughout the 2018 season. Happy to be here tonight for our first show. And Mo Egger hey. is here just in the nick of time. Rolled I have in to, right on time. Well, uh, now that's up for debate. And Alan and I were looking at the fine <laughs> schedule for being late to the radio show. Blake Smith is here. He was on time. Emery Welshman is here. Now define late. He was on time. What does late mean? Well, well here the, sh- the you, show has begun the first time I was required That's to speak i am speaking live how it works with our team if you're not early you're late oh really so yeah. mo egger is being fined uh kenny walker is not here tonight and he is the sheriff he's still a sheriff another no, year no, no no he's not who's we, the new we, sheriff we, we in patty barrett he's oh, our, patty he's barrett's new sheriff, sheriff. sheriff. Mm-hmm. now you just had fine week we have lots to talk about fc cincinnati folks two an O and O on the season, two road wins for the Orange and Blue to start the year. A big home opener against Louisville City. But let's talk fines first. Patty Barrett's taken over as sheriff, and yeah. and the fine wheel came out for the first time last week. Uh, it comes out normally every Wednesday. Uh, it just depends on our uh, training schedule. We gave the guys today off, so uh, this week it came out yesterday. A couple interesting ones. Uh, Kenny Walker spun the wheel. Uh, we have a, a wheel. Different things come up, and he had to bring some treats for the guys yesterday. Mm. Okay. Uh, Joe Sue and Garrett Haffel had to sing songs to the group. I must admit, Garrett Haffel is an unbelievable singer. That was quite impressive. I am not. Quite impressive so to see. Steer um, clear of that punishment. So it's something that uh, it helps add to uh, team bonding and team chemistry, uh, but also is used to regulate things, obviously, within the group. Well, I don't want to hear most sing, so I'm just going to have him buy beer for all the FC Cincinnati supporters <laughs> who came out. So good news if you came out and you're an FC Cincinnati supporter, but Mo will be buying pints. Great as a result of his fine tonight for walking in at 6.02 p.m. So the home opener on Saturday, 7 o'clock at Nippert Stadium. Tickets are available. A couple of the fine lads from the ticket office are here, and they say ticket sales are going great. A big crowd is expected. Like they're, they're holding up their Mad Tree beer right now and, and toasting to that. But let's toast to two wins to start the season, both on the road at Charleston back on March 17th, and then two weeks later at Indy this past Saturday, both one nil. Both of the guys who scored for you are here. We will talk to them before the show is over. But I would imagine character was a word you used a lot over those first two wins. Yeah, a lot of character. It's not uh, easy in this business to go on the road anywhere, uh, particularly with uh, the travel and everything that's involved in playing in this league and, and going on the road and dealing with different elements and going out and getting three points. Um, to be quite frank, a lot of the time when you go on the road, you're going to have to deal with all sorts of adversity during the course of the 90-odd minutes. And uh, both games, we did what we had to to go out and get positive results. So, uh, six points out of six to start the season has been an excellent start. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not going to get too carried away with it by any means, of course. Uh, but we'd rather have those six points than anything less than that. It was weird because you start the season, you go to Charleston, never won there before, you get a victory. Then you had a week between USL games. You're supposed to play a, a friendly against the University of Dayton. That gets scrapped because of the weather. You line up and play uh, the Columbus Crew in kind of a closed situation. It, it had to be weird. Just the rollout of the season, you're expecting, okay, it's going to start. It's going to be a while before there's a disruption in the schedule, and that's not what you guys dealt with. Yeah, it's not easy because when you start the season, uh, you've had months and months to prepare for that first game. You play the first game, you win. 
um, and you're excited to keep going at it. Uh, and then the game against the University of Dayton was obviously cancelled because of the snow, uh, which was very unfortunate because uh, we wanted to play everybody in our group that weekend, 90 minutes, either against uh, UD or against uh, the crew on the Sunday. Uh, so we adjusted things. Our entire group played 45 minutes in the first half and 45 minutes in the second half against the crew. So we, we continued to build on the momentum from the first game, and, and thankfully we carried that over into the second game uh, up at Indy. I mentioned both of those wins were 1-0. The goal scorers are here tonight. We'll hear from Blake Smith and Emery Welshman as they both had game-winning goals in the first two matches of the season, but they both came in the first half. And being on the road, how big of a momentum boost was that for your team to get those first-half goals and that little bit of an edge? Well, it's huge. Uh, when you can score early in the game on the road, uh, not only does it aid your team in confidence and belief, but it obviously uh, it hurts the, the home team. Uh, it hurts their fans a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes the fans out of the game. Uh, for a certain amount of time uh, and those are things that we definitely uh, were lucky uh, and happy to go out and do uh, but we definitely built on it as the game went along in, in both places two clean sheets to start the season and that's obviously a team accomplishment but you know a lot of people are going to go well you know great goalkeeping and that was a huge question that a lot of people had about your team coming into the season given given who you replaced speak to that end of, of what you guys were able to do uh, in the, in the first two matches well, I think firstly we have an amazing goalkeeping group. Uh, I'm very, very happy with our Jack, Jack Stearns coming as our goalkeeper coach. He's done a brilliant job with Mark Village, Spencer Ritchie, and Evan Newton. Evan's played both games, and uh, he's been amazing. Um, we, we knew he was a great goalkeeper when we recruited him, and he's come out and done exactly that. Um, these guys are professional players, uh, and when you put them in tough situations uh, like Evan was, he had to fight you know, to get the starting job here at the start of the season. He's embraced it, just like the other guys in the group have, uh, and we're incredibly happy and uh, with his performances, but happy for him too. Uh, they just had that success. But you're spot on. It's not just the goalkeeper. Uh, when you go on the road and you get a clean sheet, uh, it's your entire team. Uh, and the sense of belief and sense of commitment as a group as to how we're going to go defend on the road uh, in two very, very difficult environments. What I think is interesting, and you talk about how the goalkeepers have pushed each other, and especially Evan and, and Spencer Ritchie, as that decision came down. We spoke three weeks ago. We had the first show in studio, and, and you told Mo and I off the air that you, you had not decided as of that Wednesday night who was going to start on Saturday against Charleston. I saw you at training the next day, and you were pretty sure it was Evan. You made that decision about 48 hours before, but has it been that neck and neck even since then as well? It's still like that to yeah. this day. Uh, it's like that for everybody in our entire group, which is awesome. It speaks to the depth of the group it speaks to the healthy competition how guys are are pushing each other uh we rolled out the same starting lineup in the second game as we did in the first but uh, we were umming and ahhing about that all the way through until probably 48 hours before that game uh and we're still doing the exact same thing i i don't know here on wednesday night what our starting lineup is going to be on saturday and, and that's a positive thing uh, sometimes that's that's not a good thing. Uh, here it's a positive thing because the guys are pushing each other for those starting positions. I was thinking about it today, trying to decide which performance from Evan was more impressive of the two clean sheets. Because the first one, he had four saves. They were really all highlight real saves. I mean, mm-hmm. fantastic plays to stop potential goals. Then, of course, at Indy, he sets up on a penalty kick, makes the save, but then the rebound's coming right at him. He makes another save. Was one of those performances maybe a little bit better than the other? Both were very good. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, Both were three-point performances. Right. Uh, three-point performance from your goalkeeper, three-point performances from your back four, uh, three points from the entire collective. Um, it doesn't just take one, one player. But yeah, you're right. Both performances were very good. Um, I don't think one was better uh, than the other. They were just both different types of performances. I've been to Lucas Oil Stadium. I've never seen in person a positive result. <laughs> I watched one the other night. What was it like playing in that venue? That was awesome. It's uh, 
it's a very, very small soccer field. It's certainly not ideal from that perspective. Um, when you play on fields that are literally at the minimum size that's allowed, uh, the field becomes very, very small and the game becomes very, very physical. And you could see that uh, within the first five minutes the other night, unfortunately. Um, but actually playing in the stadium uh, was awesome. It's a pretty majestic place uh, to go play and it added to, uh, to the occasion on Saturday night. Your starting lineup in the first two matches, as you mentioned, has been the same. Three returners, eight new guys, and, and one of the big pieces there is Deco Kanan, your captain. Obviously, great experience there. That's why you named him the captain. But how well has he done in the first two matches, not only as a defender and helping in the clean sheets, but also as managing the team in that captain role? I think that's one thing you don't really notice when you watch the game. Uh, when you watch a game, you just see the individual players in terms of when they're taking care of the ball, but you don't see a lot of the dirty work that they do and the organizational stuff that they have to go out and manage during the course of the game. But his experience is invaluable to our group. Uh, we played Forrest next to him uh, to start the season, but we have Paddy Barrett and, and Sam DeVito both, uh, also young guys too, just like mm -hmm. Forrest is. So his experience uh, is invaluable to the group, but it's invaluable to helping guide the player that plays next to him uh, and helping to lead the back four. It's kind of an oddity that you, you played them in the preseason and then you play them so early when the regular season begins... I'm sure there's advantages to both sides. I'm sure there's disadvantages to both sides. But how how did that help or, I guess, to an extent, maybe hinder your preparation for, for what you did last Saturday? Uh, the preseason game was, and I always use this word, it was an exercise. And it literally was an exercise. It was uh, a game where we played two different groups. Uh, you could make as many substitutions as you'd like. Uh, it was their first game. I believe it was our third game in our preseason. Um, so it had no real bearing on, on how we approach the game on Saturday night whatsoever, uh, other than the fact that uh, you'd seen them a few weeks ago. Um, but their team looked completely different, and our team looked completely different on Saturday night. Tom Glitter, Mo Egger, Alan Koch with you here at Mantree Brewery. It's our first of many shows all season long on the Toyota Dealers FC Cincinnati Fan Show. We have some giveaways. If you have not filled out a card right there in front of Jeff Smith, Vice President oh, wow. of Ticket Sales for FC Cincinnati. There's a, a fishbowl there. I, I suggest you go over and see Jeff, converse with him, fill out a white piece of paper, and you have a chance to win two tickets to the home opener Saturday at Nippert Stadium. And, Mo, this is where I expect yeah. to see you yeah. about this year. Have you heard about the Mad Tree Treehouse? No. But this is your wheelhouse right, right here. Talk to me. Now, you've been to Nippert many times, yes. right? Yeah. So the, the, the corner towards the scoreboard. And the press box side. I'm not going to get directional because yeah. we'll just confuse each other. But <laughs> no, that corner, exactly you know exactly you where yeah. it is. Yeah. Where the elevators are down to the field level. That is now the Mad Tree Treehouse. Dude. They'll I mean, be serving, I don't know, probably Mad Tree beer there. <laughs> That's a good guess, yes. And you're going to have a spectacular view of the pitch. I will be there Saturday. So uh, Mo will probably be there. I think he's going to fill out a couple cards to try to win these. It's odd. Jeff, uh, this is how he used to get dates. He'd post up at a bar with <laughs> a fishbowl and some, some pieces of paper back at in the brewery. day. Yeah, he'd walk past, hey, I... Jeff, I'd sign up, but I'm taken. But well, that's so. This is a this is old old hat for him. Back in the day, they didn't have all those apps for that for him. No, because he's an old timer. No, so. pre cell phone. You had to write your number on a all right, piece well, of paper. We're gonna leave Jeff alone, I guess, for a little bit because <laughs> Jeff and his team are doing a great job selling tickets. But we're to give away. So if you haven't filled out a piece of paper, get it in the fishbowl. Two tickets to the game, some Mad Tree swag as well, and some Mad Tree Treehouse passes. Much more to come here from Mad Tree Brewery. This is the Toyota Dealers FC Cincinnati Fan Show on ESPN 1530.
Tom Glenner, Mo Egger, head coach Alan Koch with you here at Mad Tree Brewery on the Toyota Dealers FC Cincinnati Fan Show. We'll hear from Emory Welshman as well as Blake Smith in a little bit. And right now, check chatting with the head coach. And you talked a little bit about playing in that atmosphere over at Lucas Oil Stadium. Of course, the crowd will be even bigger at Nippert Stadium on Saturday for the home opener against Louisville City. A crowd probably in excess of 25,000, I would imagine, will be there. Now, 15,000 was certainly a great crowd. And, and you talk about often how it, it's tough at times to play in front of 20, 25,000 at Nippert and then go on the road. Some crowds are 400. Some are 4,000. But I would imagine that you liked having that warm-up of 15,000 fans for some of the guys who've never played in front of that many people to get ready for what they're going to see on Saturday. Yeah, I think it was ideal, actually. <clears throat> we certainly didn't uh, influence the schedule, but... To go play a game like that in front of 15 or however many thousand fans it was and have so many of our own fans come up to Indy. The great way to lead into to playing uh, at home at Nippet this weekend. Um, it's not ideal to, to go play games in front of huge crowds when you haven't had much preparation. Uh, but I think the game at Indy from, from that perspective was great. Uh, it exposed all of our players and some of them haven't played in front of huge crowds before. Um, so for them to play in front of that before they get to come home uh, and play in front of our own fans. Uh, it was a huge advantage. It's going to be a big crowd. It's going to be a tightly bundled crowd on Saturday <laughs> because winter refuses to die. So uh, I think the temperature right around the time you guys begin is, is supposed to be around freezing. Uh, take us through what it's like to play in, in conditions like that, what you have to do to prepare to play in conditions like that. Um, well, it's not ideal, uh, obviously. Having said that, we, we hope to play games this year in November when it's freezing. Um, so the best preparation for games like that is to play games like that now. Um, so we're not going to be phased by whatever the weather's like from a playing perspective. Uh, it's not ideal to play in the cold weather, but two teams have to play in the same weather, and you just have to deal with the elements. And we speak about dealing with the elements and dealing with adversity. Uh, if it's cold, if it's snowing, whatever presents itself, we'll deal with it. And uh, we know our fans are going to show up no matter what, uh, and we will feed off their energy and. Hopefully we can make it a warm evening altogether. See, I think, you know, sometimes in football, you know, the, the coach will send a message. This, is, really this cold. is football. We're okay, talking American about football. Yeah, 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 the yeah, coach will send that. a message to his players that wear, like, you know, a polo shirt, no jacket or anything. I want to see you do the same thing on Saturday. You know, it's, you know it's interesting? We trained yesterday, and yesterday was bizarre because the weather, we, I think we had everything. It was awesome. Sunny. I was we, there, yeah. we had everything in one day, but we yeah. showed up in the morning, and when the guys came on the field, Forrest Lasso uh, was wearing a, a sleeveless vest, which we give them. It's part of their training right. gear and, and his regular shorts. Uh, and then Lance Lang came out in a big jacket, oh, a, tot yeah. a turtleneck, a beanie, gloves. You can see any part of his body. He was hiding from the weather. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if Forrest uh, is a meteorologist on the side or what it is, but by the end of training, it was nice and warm and it was nice and sunny. Uh, but Lance was still wearing his gloves at the end. It so. was 62 degrees in the match at Charleston, and you and I talked about this <laughs> off the air, and I gave Lance a hard time about it as well. And, and, and when Kevin McCloskey and I were doing the match, we're like, is Lance wearing gloves? It's 62 <laughs> degrees in Charleston. Why is he wearing gloves? And then at halftime, he came out, he didn't have gloves on. I wonder if anybody said anything to him hey, you know, in the Lance, dressing room. Lance, Lance or any of our players can wear whatever they would like as long as they, they, feel, as long yeah. as they feel good and they go out and perform. It doesn't really matter. He must have warmed be, up or you're something. You're going to be telling your guys, deal with the weather. They're going to look over at you. You're going to have like four coats on, a scarf, <laughs> a ski mask. I just want to see if you're going to talk to Easy for me to say because I will have five coats you, you, on. You know I grew up on the beach in a, a very, very warm climate where it was right. probably 90 degrees all year round. So uh, mm. I've lived in colder places, but uh, I don't think you ever get quite comfortable with the cold. So I'll be bundled up, that's for sure, on Saturday night. Your team was dealt some adversity very early on in the match at Indy. 
Mm-hmm. Kenny Walker was injured in the sixth minute, didn't come out for about ten minutes, and, and Jack McInerney, who knocked him down, has been suspended by the USL for the hit. That wasn't called, but I know a lot of people were very worried about Kenny. He's been a mainstay of this club now into his third season in Cincinnati. How is he doing? Um, he's doing okay. Um, he has a concussion. Uh, he's gone through all the, the protocol, um, and, and thank goodness it's not something too severe. Uh, but with something like this, and when it comes to any of our players, health uh, we're going to be very very conservative of course and and make sure they're okay Um, so in terms of his recovery everything's going smoothly uh, so far Uh, but we definitely go one day at a time right Um, it was very very challenging for our group and to be honest quite frustrating uh, to see that happen to one of your players and uh, we all care deeply about all of our players and the most important thing is their physical and emotional well-being Uh, and to see that happen to one of your players was incredibly disappointing on saturday night and and have it happen so early yeah, it's, it's frustrating from a, a, uh, with one less substitute, uh, but that's nothing in comparison to the well-being of our players. Uh, it's, uh, that's a, a little, little thing that, that we had to deal with that made it difficult for us to go manage the group to get the three points. Um, but you want to see all your players uh, walk off the pitch uh, on their own accord and, and feel very good and uh, obviously have their own physical and, and mental well-being uh, made a priority. How about the job by Will Seymour to step in? Because there's often guys staying loose that early, but, but very rarely are they warming up in earnest or probably even in the mentality that they are honestly going into the match in the first half because it's rare. But he had to flip that switch, not only get ready physically, but mentally, and I thought he handled it pretty well. No, he was excellent. It's one of the hardest parts of this job is for a player to come into a game that early when you're definitely not mentally or physically expecting to go in. And... Uh, many times in this business you have to roll the punches and that was a moment he literally had to get himself up get himself warm uh, didn't have uh, an ideal preparation time uh, by any means and, and went out and did a very very good job uh, he was very very pleased with how we embraced that opportunity uh, he gave us a, a slightly more physical element uh, which was needed in that particular game uh, but also helped balance thing in the middle of the midfield with Corbin and with Richie too as uh, a soccer novice, it looks to me like your guys are gelling. For a team that had a lot of roster turnover this offseason, we talked about that the first show, how much, how much turnover you had during the year last year, and then so much more this offseason, how busy you were. It, it looked to me, and obviously you had training and all these friendlies and everything, but it looked to me like for the early stages in the season, like the guys are playing together as here we are right now, considering we have 17 new players and we've played two league games, I think we're in a very, very good place. Uh, to get a group to come in with so many new guys and gel as quickly as they have, uh, I take my hat off to the group. They've all come in, they've all embraced what we've asked them to do. Uh, they're embracing a system of teammates, uh, and we're very, very happy with the group. It's a very, very cohesive group. Uh, they're willing, as you can see in both games we played, to go out and line their bodies on the line for each other and for our club. Um, so from that perspective, we're in a very, very good place. Uh, we know it's not perfect by any means. We've still got a lot of work to do. Uh, but thankfully, we've got a 34-game season ahead of us. Emery Welshman is here tonight. He will be joining us and had the game-winning goal in the match at Indy. You saw some of the chemistry there. Uh, anybody who's been at training knows what Manuel Ledesma can do. Mm-hmm. He is uh, a, very, a very skilled passer, and boy, did he find Emery in a big way on the goal. Just take us through that play and how difficult it is to execute. Uh, that's incredibly difficult. It looks beautiful when you watch it, and it looks uh, relatively easy. But uh, to see Manu uh, weave his magic left wand like he did, and we see it every single day in, in training, uh, was awesome. Uh, you kind of expect to see that service from him, even though it's not very easy. Uh, but just to see the connection between Emery and, and, uh, and Manu in terms of Emery's 
Well, the delivery was fantastic. But Emery's movement and how he got in the end and the composure to finish like he did uh, was first class. We see that every single day uh, from him. We weren't surprised. Uh, but it's not that easy to go out and execute that, obviously, mm-hmm. in the game uh, and go score a great goal like that. All right, Tom Glader, Moegger, Alan Koch here at Mantry Brewery on the Toyota Dealers FC Cincinnati Fan Show. We're going to step aside take a break. If you haven't put your name in the fishbowl, Greg Harrell's watching it right now, and he's going to be bringing it over to pull the first name. During this break, we're going it's to pull... It's also how Greg got dates, except you never saw pieces of paper in the fishbowl. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's married now, so one way or another, it worked out for him. So, Either way, two tickets and two Mantry Treehouse passes, as well as some Mantry swag coming during this break. So if you haven't put your name in the fishbowl do it now we'll have one more drawing at about seven o'clock as well we'll be back and blake smith will join us he had the first goal of 2018 he joins us when we return here on the toyota dealers fc cincinnati fan show presented by madry on espa and Back on the Toyota Dealers FC Cincinnati Fan Show presented by Madtree at Madtree Brewery. I am Tom Glitter alongside Mo Egger, Blake Smith, FC Cincinnati Defender joins us now. We do have our first giveaway of the new year. Eric Baldwin, you have won two tickets and two Madtree Treehouse passes. Eric Baldwin, if you are here, see Nicole right here by our table. She's wearing the blue top. She will have your tickets and Madtree Treehouse passes. So Eric Baldwin, congratulations, you have won the first two sets of tickets. And if you haven't filled out paper, do it, and you have an opportunity to go see Jeff Smith. His hands are in the air. He'll get you all set, drop it in the fishbowl, and we'll pull one more before the program is over. Blake Smith is here. He scored the first goal of 2018, the native of Texas. Played last year against FC Cincinnati when you were with Miami in the Open Cup. Different leagues. You played down in Miami. Only Open Cup game this club played away from Hippert Stadium. But I would imagine you knew a thing or two about the club by the time they got there the first time and definitely the second time. Yeah, so, um, you know, we had seen FC Cincinnati's uh, games via, you know, footage of, of scouting you guys. Right. And uh, we had seen the atmosphere, and, and we were amazed by how many fans you guys got. And um, we were fortunate at the time, we thought, to be playing at home um, because we knew playing in Cincinnati would be a tough a tough matchup. So um, we ended up still losing the match, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, the, uh, the atmosphere in FC Cincinnati is incredible. Take us through the process of, of coming here, ultimately deciding to play here. So I believe it was a few months after the season I had uh, kind of caught wind that Cincinnati was interested in me, and I was still under contract with Miami, so um, my agent was able to you know do whatever he needed to do to kind of see what was going on with the NASL at the time, and uh, it just kind of fell into place over time and, and fortunately uh, Miami and, and Cincinnati were able to, to come to an agreement and, and work something out to, to get me here today. So, You signed after the preseason started, joined, joined the club a little bit later but obviously have, have fallen in just fine starting both of the first two matches. Your teammate Richie Ryan both in Miami and now in orange and blue here in Cincinnati, he came up as well. Did you have to help recruit Richie a little bit? No, so I, I had heard that there was interest in getting Richie here and uh, obviously Rich and I have a really good relationship from playing in Miami and so um, whenever I had heard that I was very excited and and hopeful that it would uh, eventually work out and whenever I had heard that it was official and that he would be coming uh, to Cincinnati I was very excited and and, uh, you know he's a huge addition to the team and 
as you've seen from the first two matches, he's mm -hmm. he's just a top notch top notch player. So we're very happy to have him here. We were just talking with uh, with Alan about you know, the development of the chemistry for a bunch of guys who you know so much roster turnover. Tommy mentioned you got here during the preseason, so. Take us, take us in training what that's like when you have some guys, for the most part, that you haven't played with, surely some guys that you're at least somewhat familiar with. Uh, take us through the process of developing chemistry, of developing a, a sort of a feel for what the other guys can and, and cannot do. Yeah, so it's always interesting coming onto a new team, um, especially um, something as unique as this situation where there is a whole bunch of new guys coming in. So um, me being one of the later guys to join the team, um, you know, I had, to, I had to work fast to build those chemistries. But uh, I came here and everybody welcomed me with, with open arms and it was uh, fell into place quickly. I think preseason down in Florida, um, I got to know everybody very well. And, and uh, you know, the more you train with each other and, and, and do things off the field, um, you really get to know the guys around you and, and build those chemistries. So um, we're all here for a common cause and that's to win games. So. So far, so good at that so cause. Two, two for two. So the the dream of thirty four zero, not to put any pressure on Allen, still, <laughs> still well alive. Uh, when you when you talk about Richie Ryan and, and a guy you started alongside a lot in Miami, a little bit of familiarity there as you guys all gel together and come together, knowing that Richie's kind of in that same place that he's he's been with you for the last few years. Yeah, definitely. So I mean, it it does help for sure to have uh, you know at least one guy on the pitch that I'm familiar with and I know his style very well. And uh, I think we've always played well together. So to have that kind of uh, chemistry, um, I mean, hopefully you guys are able to notice it. But um, for me, it makes me feel much more comfortable knowing I have Richie um, as an outlet if I'm in trouble to give him the ball um, because I have full confidence that uh, he's going to do something good with the ball if I get, get the ball to his feet. Saw firsthand what, what weather in Miami can do to a soccer <laughs> game. But Saturday night, we were just talking about it. It's going to uh, be a little different than Miami. It's going to be a little though. bit different. How many, how, many, how many matches have you played in in, in sub-freezing temperatures? Well, so, coming from Montreal. True. Um, Which I wanted to talk about Montreal. We'll get yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, okay, let's talk about no. Let's I've had a few games in, in yeah. sub-freezing weather, but uh, in so Montreal. Coldest, what's the coldest game you've ever been in? Uh, good question. Yeah. You know, I think we were fortunate up in Montreal because there was an in, enclosed uh, stadium that we played in when it did right. get super cold. So, um I'm hoping this weekend is not, not too bad. Yeah. Drop into the teams? Did you play any early or late season matches at Toronto? Uh, we did. We did. There was actually one game. I don't remember exactly how cold it was, but it was, it was very cold. Fair. <laughs> so let's talk about being drafted by Montreal. Eighth overall pick in the 2000 draft. How much did that experience and, and early on being with that club influence your career as a pro? Yeah, so at the time it was uh, obviously a dream come true. I mean, once a player realizes that he's become a professional, it's um, it's very gratifying. And so uh, to be there at the time I was there, obviously Alessandro Nesta was a player at the time. Um, so to learn from him as a play from a player's perspective was an incredible um, privilege. And then you had guys like Marco Di Vaio and Matteo Ferrari, um, you know, which were world-class um, Italian football players. So um, I, I grew a lot. Um, I had a lot of learning to, um, in Montreal, and then uh, you know to to play for Alessandro Nesta as as you know as a, a coach um, was a completely different um, experience, and I grew a ton more um, from from learning and, and listening to to him as a coach. How much French did you pick up? Quite a bit. Yeah, yeah quite a bit. lay some French on me. <laughs> uh, Como ça va? 
I, I, you know, yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah, but um, a Montreal, I went there uh, for a bachelor yeah. party. <laughs> Seven dudes in Montreal. That's that, time to go to break. That was a good time. <laughs> what, what, what did you like to do in Montreal? Time Montreal to go to was break. a fun city. Um, yeah? It was, yeah, it's a beautiful city. Um, and we have festivals going all the time, music mm-hmm. festivals. There's, you know, there's tons of things to do outdoors and uh, some yeah. things to do indoors too. But Indoor, I know yeah. what you mean. I, I went to a music festival. It was, it was fantastic. Did you Montreal? It was in Montreal. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been told I had a really good time, but there was a music festival <laughs> happening, uh-huh. and I tried to learn French, but it yeah, didn't, that didn't work. Nice, Shocking yeah. development there. Yeah. <laughs> So the eighth pick by Montreal in the 2013 draft, you know who the 16th pick in that same draft was? I believe that was Emery Welshman. So did you get to know him through that process at all or the combine or anything along those lines? Uh, from a distance. I knew yeah. him by name. Um, we never really crossed paths in, uh, more than on the field. So right. um, just playing against him as, as, as much as I knew about him coming here. Well, you got opportunities to play against him. Right. Now you get to play with him. And the two of you had the first two goals. Before we let you go... Talk about the goal at Charleston, the game winner. I mean, you're a fullback, but in Allen's system, the fullbacks are going to push forward, but you were more centrally located. I believe right. it was Emery who took the initial shot, and, yes, and you was. cleaned it up, right? Right, right. So, um, yeah, as you just said, Allen really um, encourages the fullbacks to get high and to you know overload the flanks. And so um, Lance was obviously out wide, so I decided to tuck in uh, to create an outlet for Richie, who found an incredible through ball to me. And then... Uh, and then I slipped through to Corbin, who found a nice pass uh, to Emory, who took a, a shot. And, um, you know, I was fortunate enough to follow up the play. And, and in the end, it was an easy tap-in. But uh, it was just good to get three points uh, in our first match on the road. So, Well, you have six in two road matches. Great work so far. Congratulations on your engagement. Scored a goal, got engaged a few days later. It's been a good start to your life in Cincinnati. Not a bad start. All right, great stuff. Appreciate the time. That is Blake Smith here at Madtree Brewery. When we return, Emery Welshman joins Mo and I on the Toyota Dealers FC Cincinnati Fan Show on ESPN 1530. back with you on the Toyota Dealers FC Cincinnati Fan Show. Excited to be here at Madtree Brewery tonight. If you haven't turned your name into the fishbowl at the table, one away from us right in front of Jeff Smith in the white shirt and the tie, go fill out a piece of paper. Put your name in the hat. You have a chance to win two tickets to the home opener Saturday 7 o'clock against Louisville City at Nippert Stadium FC Cincinnati. Two wins in two opportunities so far this year. Emery Welshman had the game winner on Saturday at Indy 11. And a chance to chat with Emery now. Joining us, last year you played with Puerto Rico in the NASL. A bit of a unique experience, I'd imagine. There's, there's no bus trips when you play for Puerto <laughs> Rico in the NASL. Of course, NASL not playing this year now with FC Cincinnati. But what was that experience like playing down there for a year? Uh, it was a good experience. I mean, um, end of the day, it was a Caribbean country. So the <laughs> soccer facilities weren't, you know, the highest standards as they would be here at Cincinnati. But um I mean, um, besides the fact of the hurricane that hit us, um, it was a really good experience. You know, um, a little bit different weather-wise as to Cincinnati. You know, um, it was really hot there, um, which I took for granted. But 
Sometime soon, and I'm Sometime looking forward soon. to. I'm looking forward to that. And so you were. You mentioned uh, that the hurricane was just ravaged uh, that that part of the world, not just Puerto Rico. What was it like being there during that time? Uh, to be honest with you, I I really didn't see it to be that um, bad at first. Um, I never experienced anything like it, so I thought it wasn't going to be anything too serious. But um, my family kept telling me to try and get a flight and get out because. The team wasn't really, they didn't really give us um, the go-ahead to leave until maybe a day or two before the hurricane hit. So people were kind of scrambling. Um, half the team ended up staying on the island, and I was lucky enough to get off. But, um, I mean, I thank God every day that I didn't end up staying there because it was, it was a really tough time for the guys who um, ended up staying. Um, a lot of my friends were still there, and... Um, I'm glad they're all safe and it worked out for the teammates, but a lot of those people in the country weren't as fortunate as them. Spent last season with Puerto Rico and then signed with FC Cincinnati in early January. You're playing that striker position, two starts, a goal, as I mentioned, in the Indy 11 match. When did the mutual interest begin and, and what was the process like for you in joining this club? Um, the, I mean, the process was a little bit different because... Um, I mean, similar to Blake's, we didn't know what was going on with our team or the league next year. So um, a lot of players were left in limbo. A lot of players were still under contract like Blake was. Um, lucky enough for me, I was able to get out of my contract because I, I needed to have some um, security for my family. So I needed mm -hmm. to get stuff going right away. I, I needed to be playing. So um, once I was able to get out of my contract, I, I was able to get... Um, things going with a few teams and I've seen Cincinnati was the um, the only option really to me. Good choice. <laughs> I think so. We and fans would agree after after what you did on Saturday against uh, against Indy, we we've heard uh, Alan Koch take us through the goal. You take us through the goal. Um, I know Manu likes to cut in onto his left and either whip a ball in or um, to try and combine at the top of the box. And just the way that the play had set up, I wasn't going to be able to make it close enough to him to combine with him. So I kind of just made it seem like if you're going to put this ball in the box, Do it. I'll be here. <laughs> but, um, I mean, like everybody's saying, it was an inch-perfect pass. You know, a little bit higher, the defender behind me would have got it. A little bit shorter, the defender in front of me would have got it. So it was a perfect ball from him. And um, I was just lucky enough to be on, on the end of it and put it away. You had two blue jerseys, though, right around you. I mean, Dick Manu, 10 for me, and we wouldn't put any of those 20 in the back of the net with no defenders on us. I mean, how, how is, what's going through your mind in that split second to make sure that you're timing it right with where the defenders were playing you as well? Uh, to be honest with you, um, the play, maybe two plays before, Manu had whipped in, I think it might have been a free kick or another cross that it was a similar ball near post whipped and I just missed a touch onto it and it skipped onto the keeper. So the defenders weren't really even in my mind when um, Manu hit the ball in for the goal. I was just thinking make, make contact on this ball. No matter what, just get a touch on it the first time. So that's sometimes what goes on in striker's mind. It's like, no matter what, just get a touch on this, and you never know what can happen. And the way that the ball kind of dropped to me, I was like, oh, I'm going to get more than a touch on this. I could get good contact, and luckily I did. Now, you just described something that's...
the same people to accomplish. That hasn't happened. Chemistry with a bunch of new guys has been a, been a theme tonight. Uh, take us through what it's what you're doing to get acclimated to guys that uh, four months ago you weren't teammates with? Uh, it's, uh, it's a learning experience. I mean, every day you find out something different about a player. Um, our Coach Allen and Coach Yo always emphasize partnerships between players and partnerships between people. So if you look on our team, a partnership of mine would be me and Corbin right now, the number 10 so that we could link up well or Manu and Justin so they look, link up well but I think it's partnerships with all the players you know so I know some of the tendencies Manu would do which would be different than what Lance would do and um, you only know that from playing with them day in and day out training with them every day but um, you wouldn't see those tendencies if those guys didn't show up to train and put in the work every day so if they were taking it easy every single day game day they turn it on I would be like oh I didn't I didn't even know this guy could do that, but I see him do it every day, so I know what to expect from these guys. And um, I think that's what makes the job easier. It's that um, everybody's – we have a really talented group. It's no, it's no secret out there. So once we all put our quality together, things should be rolling. I already mentioned that both you and Blake, 2013 first-round MLS draft picks, you also have national team experience, and I want to get into that, but – Tell us how to pronounce the country. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. Rather than butch it, butcher it, I'll just, I'll just let you handle it. How about that? I appreciate that. Uh, it's Guyana. Guyana. So just yeah. like it looks. Yeah, just like so it looks. So you have five caps with Guyana. Now look, I've encountered this problem before, but you looked at Guyana, and you weren't sure how to pronounce that? You know, more like you've never mispronounced anything in your life. I've mispronounced things during this show, but, but I've not looked right. at Guyana and been like, man, I wonder. Well, you know, there's you a lot of ways you can it. And that would be disrespectful to his <laughs> Do to his what country. I do. You type it into like a YouTube search, and then yeah. someone's saying it, and you're good. I'm on the air. No, no mm. prep work for you. No, none. Mm. All right, so Guyana national team. Yeah. What's that experience been like for you? Um, again, that's been another humbling experience. Um, I'm born and raised in Canada. Right. So I, haven't, I hadn't been to Guyana since I was – before I decided to play for them, since I was three years old for my – on some wedding so going back was it was real it was a life experience you know some of these people are living in real poverty some of these people are going through tough times and um, me going there to play soccer was a little bit of a big deal for them me coming just off of an MLS contract so it was um, it was good for for me and my family for me to get back Um, it was the first time in a while my mom was able to go back as well, so she came to see a game over there. So it was good that we got. To it's it's always been a blessing to go back and represent, you know, my heritage, my background. It's where my mom and dad were both raised. My eldest brother was born in Guyana, so it's um, we have deep roots in the country, and I'm I regret nothing on that decision. Now. Here's what I want to ask about, okay? I was watching an interview that you did when you first got here with Cincinnati Soccer Talk, and there was a lot of good soccer stuff. And at the end of it, they wanted to talk about, you know, you coming to the city, had you had a chance to get out and explore anything, had you been anywhere to eat? And uh, you said, well, I haven't been anywhere except I did go to the Cheesecake Factory, and I waited about 90 minutes to eat. Now, the Cheesecake Factory is a fine establishment. (laughs) But I'm thinking to myself, you know, of all the places that I would hit up when I first got to Cincinnati – pretty low on the list please tell me that someone has steered you somewhere besides the cheesecake factory to hang out and by the way you don't have to wait 90 minutes at the cheesecake even that mall that the cheesecake
wait 90 minutes. Tell me you've been somewhere besides the cheesecake All right. factory. Well, the cheesecake situation is because my wife and son yeah. were Canadian, okay. and there's no cheesecake factory in Canada. There's okay. one in Toronto, I think, that you opened up. You just took on his wife and kid. Nice. Yeah, his there's one that opened up kid. in November. You guys come to the States and your dream of, of going cheesecake. to the Cheesecake Factory There's two things that realized. they look forward to coming to America. And yeah. I'm not on that list. It's going to Chick-fil-A or going to Cheesecake Factory. Chick-fil-A and, I'm on board with. <laughs> and so it just so happened that that was the night. Um, it was actually after, I think, a preseason game, and they wanted to go to Cheesecake. and. I have no problem with that. I don't have a problem with it either. But I just if somebody said, like, oh, you've been to Cincinnati, welcome, where have you checked out, where have you gone? I mean, I could spend the next hour telling you places that you should have gone to before you stopped into the Cheesecake Factory. You know what? We can add to Mo's fine. He could take you out to dinner after uh, Yeah, We can add to Mo's fine. There's just, like, someone in town's got to go, look, man, Cheesecake Factory's fine, but we've got some other spots. Uh, yeah, I mean... The cheesecake is just that good. I mean, the, you guys could give me a few other options, yeah. but, um, but they have it other just works out because it's, it's pretty family-friendly place as well. That's true. Just um, a kid. Yeah, the little yeah. one likes the food there, so it, it, it works well, out. Well, you're going to learn real quick that when you have a three-year-old in like two years, yeah. Yeah. you're going to go wherever it's friendly, <laughs> wherever your kid can drop food all over the floor, nobody cares. <laughs> wherever she's not going to yell. Is, is yeah, well, good luck with that. Yeah. All right. Emery, great work. Good job on the goal on Saturday night. Appreciate Get the game it. winner. We appreciate having you tonight. Thank you. All right, that is Emery Welshman. I'm Tom Gletter. Moegger will be back with me alongside head coach Alan Koch. We'll give away some more tickets as well next on the Toyota Dealers FC Cincinnati Fan Show presented by Mad Tree on ESPN 1530. ESPN 1530. Cincinnati Sports Station. Your official home for the Cincinnati Bengals, ESPN 1530. A few more minutes with Alan Couch here on the Toyota Dealers FC Cincinnati Fan Show presented by Matry. I'm Tom Glitter alongside Mo Egger. Make sure you get your name in the fishbowl. A chance to win a couple tickets to the Matry Treehouse as well as two game tickets. It's a Matry swag. Go over, see Jeff Smith, fill out the card, drop it in the fishbowl. And be there Saturday, 7 o'clock, Nippert Stadium. If you don't have your tickets yet, I'm not exactly sure what you're waiting for, but the city has responded. A big crowd will be on hand. You can get your tickets online right now at fccincinnati.com or call 977-KICK tomorrow. Not, not right now. Nobody's answering the phones right now, right? Okay. Well, maybe. You can call Jeff's cell phone. I'll give that out at the end of the show. But <laughs> Louisville City will be here. Not only is it the home opener, not only have both clubs won their first two games, but... Oh, they're the defending USL champs. And a rivalry that's seen seven matches in two seasons, I'd imagine that just adds a little more fuel to the fire. Yeah, it's uh, obviously it's a three-point game, but it's Louisville. So uh, we're excited to play against them and obviously play at home in front of our own fans. And we know they're going to be passionate and do everything they can to help us get a victory. And we're going to do everything we can on the field to go get those three points. What's the makeup of their team this year as opposed to last year? It's pretty much the same team. Um, so uh, they won the league last year. They were the regular season champions, and they, they won the USL Cup. Uh, and they pretty much retained the entire group. Uh, and it's a big part of why they've started the season successfully. They're two and zero, just like we are. Uh, and they've really just. So I think we have a very very good idea of how they're going to approach the game mm -hmm. uh, on Saturday. Uh, they've got a good formula, and I don't see them changing it. Uh, we know it's going to be a big big challenge for our group, but. There's no reason why we cannot play everybody in this league and go into every game with a 
the hope uh, that we can get three points. It's interesting going in to the last two matches. Uh, Charleston had a completely new roster. Indy basically had a completely new roster. I think they had three returning. I think both teams had about three or four returning guys on each roster. And, and you look at it, Louisville basically has everybody back. It's completely different. You said the last two, well, we're not exactly sure what they're going to do. And now you are pretty sure what they're going to do. Yeah, I think the first two games, those teams were both more similar to us in, in terms of their turnover between last year and this year. I mean, this is the first time we're playing a very established group. Um, so that poses certain problems. Uh, obviously, they, they'll be very cohesive and their team chemistry is going to be excellent. On the flip side, uh, we have a better understanding of the, what they're going to look like and how they're going to play. And so we'll try to use that as an advantage in our preparation. Three points at stake, defending league champion. Nothing else should have to be said. But for those of us who watched or participated in those matches last year, it, it is different. What's said to the guys who weren't a part of it last year? About the nature of, of this, this series, this rivalry. I think the beauty of Cincinnati, we've got so many passionate people in this city. Everybody else has already <laughs> and, told and, them and, what and, they need and, to do. And so many passionate fans that I honestly do not have to say a single thing. Our players know uh, what the rivalry means. They know the importance of the game already. I, I probably won't even say anything. Uh, we literally put up in every pregame presentation, we put our FCC badge and we put the badge of the opposition. And the second we post that in our pregame presentation, It'll be a good reminder for the guys of exactly what awaits them uh, for those 90 minutes. All right, we're almost done here. But at the top of the show, you mentioned two days of training, Monday, Tuesday. You were off today. You'll be back at it the next two days to get ready for Saturday night. But those two days that are already in the books, with the home opener coming, with a large crowd coming, and obviously Louisville City coming into town, have you felt a little bit of intensity and buzz in the guys as they got have, have prepared this week? I hate to crush your uh, your question, Man. but the buzz is the same this week as it's been every single week with Three this group. Three points, opportunity. Group. It's, uh, well, that's good. It, that's okay. It, yeah, it doesn't a, crush me. It's a positive energy within the group. The guys are fired up to play every game, uh, whether it's home or away or Louisville or Humpty Dumpty FC. It doesn't change. I can't yet. wait till Humpty Dumpty. You know who starts they, for them? Are they on a schedule this year? They got them at you, home? you know what? The USL no, continues to get better. Yeah, it gets yeah. better and better every year, so Humpty Dumpty haven't made it into the league this year. No, so. right. I think they got it. Interested in seeing what kind of kit they have. There's a couple of interesting ones in the league already. So. <laughs> well, <laughs> FC Cincinnati will be out in their new orange and blue kits. 7 o'clock, Nippert Stadium. Make sure you log on to FCCincinnati.com. Get your tickets now. I'm going to give a couple more away here at Mad Tree once we sign off. Alan, appreciate the time as always. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. For Alan Koch, Blake Smith, Emery Welshman, and Mo Egger, I'm Tom Glitter. Thanks so much for joining us. Cincinnati Fan Show presented by Mad Tree on ESPN 1530.